Good morning, folks. Today is Wednesday. Worldwide Wednesday. Can't wait. Before we get into that, though, it is Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. Welcome to episode number 299 on the eve of 300 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Kayla Rose, Gary Sturgiatis, Matthew Necci, Kenneth Ruff and all the rest of you in chat are going to be ripping through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert analysis and opinion on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. Or if you're looking to break in the industry, there's going to be some value here for you. Terminology, concepts, threat actors, nation state stuff. It's going to be a good time. Settle in. We're going to have a lot of fun in the next 45 minutes. But before we get into that, I do want to give a little shout out, a little love, a little verbal back rub, if you will, to barricade cyber solutions and eric taylor the whole gang over there casually joseph always in chat barricade cyber solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated hard-working business owners into turmoil but barricade cyber solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents check them out at barricadecyber.com links in the description below I'll drop a link in chat right now just because I'm all about that Barricade Cyber Love. This is their website if you haven't seen it before. Very clean, very straightforward website. And boom, there's Eric Taylor's calendar embedded as kind of like an iframe. You can meet with him at 10 a.m. this morning. Why would you want to meet with him? Don't be intimidated. If you literally work in the industry and you don't have a like a, a backstop or an option if you guys get seriously hit, it's worth having a conversation. Hey. How could you help us? How much would that cost? How quickly could you respond? What does it look like? What do you need from us? Do you need, do we need to set things up? Like, I don't know, maybe have a dormant account in your O365 infrastructure that you can activate on a moment's notice to allow Barricade Cyber to get in there and start pulling telemetry. I don't know, just talking crazy stuff. You know what you don't wanna be doing in the middle of an incident? Going through paperwork. (laughs) That's not gonna help you evict a threat actor also want to say shout out and love to it pro tv now it pro by aci learning uh proud sponsor of them we're going to be doing worldwide wednesday sponsored by them but i do want to give them a little shout out a little love now remember every episode of the simply cyber daily cyber threat briefing just like this one is worth half a cpe so be sure to say what's up in chat hashtag team live dry in with the 35 um i don't know z-a-r what currency is that Z-A-R, currency. Let's check you out. South African Rands. Yeah, boy. What's up, Dryanne? Thank you so much. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. All right. Thanks so much, Dryanne. And be sure to chime in on uh, Worldwide Wednesday in a minute, being uh, potentially in South Africa there. All right. So um, what do we got? 82 of you in chat right now. Uh, hashtag team replay drop a comments in the chat i do love reading through the team replay comments thank you all so much all right guys we've got uh looks like three minutes 16 seconds we're settling in i love it now if you're new here every single wednesday in guys take a second hit the like button really quickly try to pump this thing up see if we can get more people in here before we we go worldwide wednesday uh if you're new here what we do every single wednesday morning 
as we see if we can get everybody in chat or, or representation from everywhere in the world. And you know what? We do it pretty often. That's how awesome the Simply Cyber community is. That's how awesome all of you are, that we have a diverse, inclusive, just killer, killer community. And we love to prove it. We love to do it as an adventure every single Wednesday morning. So get ready. We're going to run through and see where everyone's at. Mods, I hope you're ready. I'm going to need a little support, Mods, as I fumble about looking for, like, Luxembourg and miss a bunch of other ones. All right, guys, let's do it. Hold on, let me do this. Hold on, before I do it, doink. There we go. I do have a little uh, promo card read here. Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV. Now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cybersecurity, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. Use promo code SIMPLYCYBER30 to get 30% off your first month or first year. Guys, I've been using IT Pro TV. It's legit. It's great content. Very informed. Labs, practice exams, course content. It's good. All right, guys. Hold on one second. Let me, let me cheat a little bit. Yeah. All right. So let's go. Worldwide Wednesday, where you at? Where you at? Where you at, everybody? Texas, Gulf Coast, Texas. Thank you, Carrie, for chiming in. New Hampshire's in the house. Way to go. Live free or die. New Brunswick, Canada's in the house. Texarkana, love it, love it, love it. UK's in the house. I see you, UK. Pip, pip, and all that. DR's in the house. Leonardo, thank you, Leonardo. Um, all right, Leonardo, we got you. Mississippi, Botswana. Come on down, landlocked African country. Nevada, what's up? What's up, Charleston? Coming in from the low country, Julio. Love it, love it, love it. South Carolina, Michigan. India's in the house. Thank you so much, RX100, for bringing us online. Tom, you're in Serbia? Jeez. I, I don't even know where Serbia is. We'll come back to that one, Tom. I got India. Australia's in the house. Funky Monk. Oi, oi, oi. Peter Teal. New Zealand coming in strong. I love it. Internal Stranger. I love it. Indian. I love it. RX100. Where's our South? Where's our? Where's our South America, folks? Where's our South America? We're coming in light right now, but I love it. We've got a minute and four seconds. Love it. All right. Sunny Florida's in the house. Love it. West Virginia. Love it, Winchester, Virginia. Columbus, Georgia's in the house. It's next to Kosovo. Ugh, Southeast Europe. All right, I'll, I'll get back to that one. <laughs> Southeast Europe, Balkan Peninsula. Oh. Come on, Serbia. I, I know you're near Bulgaria. There. Oh, I see it. Boeing. Thank you, Tom Bishes. Tom Bishes. Mexico's in the house. Nice. San Miguel, Mexico. Canada. No South America, huh? No South America. Oh, man. Six seconds. Six seconds. Five, four, three, two. All right. We didn't make it, guys. Yeah, yeah. John Meals, I do Worldwide Wednesday to gather OSINT, and I did I do two, Tidbit Tuesday to blow up my own OPSEC. Peru? We had a Peru in the house? 
Thank you so much, Tom Bishop, for the support. Guys, I'm just looking really quickly. North America, South America, Europe, Africa, Asia, Australia. As far as I'm concerned, boom, roasted. We did it. Nice job, everybody. Congratulations on running Worldwide Wednesday. Uh, not surprised. You guys are an amazing group of people with very interesting backgrounds and diverse perspectives. Thank you so much for making Worldwide Wednesday, and thank you to ACI Learning for sponsoring the segment. All about good times. Well, now that we know who we are, yeah, I know Barry Pittman. I know we had someone in Antarctica last week, uh, but she couldn't chime in, unfortunately. It, this map doesn't even have Antarctica. All right, good job, everybody. Let's sit back, relax, and get into the news. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. Armo, Microsoft, and Google race to integrate AI into their products. Armo, creator of open-source Kubernetes security platform Kubescape, announced Tuesday that it has integrated ChatGPT's AI into its platform. ChatGPT will enable users to quickly secure Kubernetes clusters and CI/CD pipelines what? by building custom controls based yep. on Open Policy Agent. Also on Tuesday, Microsoft announced a new version of Edge and Bing search engine, which features a co-pilot and chat powered by a next-gen OpenAI language model more powerful than ChatGPT. Microsoft said the new features will help optimize the user web search experience. The news comes as Google launches its own AI-powered chatbot called Bard to rival ChatGPT. Bard will be used by a group of testers before being rolled out to the public in the coming weeks. All right, so a couple things. One, Alana, thanks so much for the super chat. I did drop there. Um, I did drop the sound effect. That's good. Dryan, I meant to mention, I, I was so wrapped up in the moment. Dryan, uh, who had dropped the uh, super chat for the South with the South African uh, Rond uh, coin. Uh, best wishes on your second interview, friend. I, I hope you absolutely dominate it. I hope you're like, ah, you know what? I'm going to decide if I take this job or not. not, not the other way around. Put yourself in a position of power. I wish you the very best. You got this, friend. All right, so let's look at this. Armo integrating ChatGPT. Guys, you know how I read this? Like, blank business integrates ChatGPT. Guys, ChatGPT is literally on fire, right? Like, you guys all know, like, Microsoft put in $49 billion. Everybody wants to use it. If you even, like, if you even make a, a, a produced video on YouTube or like sniff the word chat GPT, um, you get like an extra like 10,000 views and likes and stuff like that. Like it's just viral right now. And for good reason, it's pretty powerful. Thank you, Justin Gold for the hell emotes. It is pretty viral, um, but it is currently a standalone product that's basically being vetted and endorsed and supported and everything like that. So it is no surprise whatsoever that it's being integrated into other product suites. How do you, if you have a thing that's producing gold, it's like the Midas touch, right? These, these vendors are like, well, instead of trying to like come up with our own and allow it to, uh, it, you know, like enhance our product, why don't we just integrate the one that everybody loves? It's gold. It'll touch our product. Our product will be gold. Everybody will love it because it'll be less friction because it'll be integrated into the platform. They won't like right now, if if you want, like say you're doing some work, right? Like whatever, like SOC analyst work and you get some type of, I don't know, telemetry or, or like, um, yeah, let's say you get some telemetry and you like take it over to ChatGPT and you ask ChatGPT about it and, it and then you copy and paste it back into your product. Well, that's fine and it works and you love it because it's part of your workflows. But if you could just have a, a magic button inside the app, 
Well then, that is less friction, less cycles, less clicks, more fun, quicker to the tacos. So it's no surprise that people are integrating this stuff. Um, in fact, you might even you might even argue now that I'm thinking about it, Kimberly. Great cash, homie. When you think of business models, right? Like think of um, like Google's business model, right? Like we get free email and free search, but Google makes, you know, Google's one of the five richest companies in the world because they sell to advertisers because they have the audience here, right? So you could you could easily see a, a, a clear line to a business model where it's like, oh, ChatGPT gives it away for free to people uh, because now the consumer base, us, the people who are gonna spend money are like, yeah, ChatGPT for days, boy. And then the, the products are like, hey, other businesses, business to business transactions, would you like to take this product that's proven in the market and vetted and has super street cred and integrated into your product? Would you like to take your meh product and put on uh, like a turbo, like a turbo engine onto the side of it? Like make it, make it hot, make it spicy, right? Right, instant instant value, right? So you could easily see that the um, the the play has always been business to business, but um, it's it's yeah, it's something else. So look, I guess TLDR, look for more products to like. I told you guys last week, like we're entering the AI age. Like I I strongly believe we're entering the AI age. Like everything now has like smart you know smart devices, smart toaster, smart refrigerator. Could you imagine now if you could ask your refrigerator, not just a smart refrigerator to tell you what is in your fridge and what is not in your fridge. Like, oh, you're running low on milk, Jerry. Thank you, refrigerator. How about ChatGPT where it's like, hey, refrigerator, what can I make? What kind of dish can I make for a vegan based on the ingredients in my house right now? Bloop, 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 bloop. Computing. Ha, here is a... Um, you know, dairy-free frittata based on all the leftovers you got in this fridge, right? Ding, hold on, right? That's where we're going, guys. And people are gonna eat it up. People are gonna eat it up. FAA needs until 2030 to fix its safety system. On Tuesday, House Disgusting, lawmakers held a Gold. hearing on aviation safety to raise questions about the January 11th meltdown of the FAA's Notice to Air Emission System, or NOTAM. <laughs> NOTAM produces safety bulletins for pilots flying in the U.S. While the FAA says it's fixed the root cause of last month's failure, the system still has other issues. According to numerous sources, the <laughs> system's antiquated language and unnecessary info make its bulletins hard for pilots to interpret. Even though Congress first ordered the FAA to begin updating NOTAM back in 2012, Acting Administrator Billy Nolan informed lawmakers that fixes won't be fully implemented until 2030. Okay, a couple things here. One, we had that like scare the other day where the NOTAM system went down, people's flights got all canceled. <clears throat> By the way, just as a quick aside, like wh why, like the airline industry really pisses me off now. Like why are they canceling flights all the time? And why, like how is it, like I get it, I get that they've mastered like the scheduling of things, but like every flight I'm on is like fully maxed out, like fully maxed out. And there's always like a couple people who are like, giving up their tickets for like, you know, whatever, $400 and a voucher for another flight. Like, I, I get it. So it's like either a maxed out flight or it's canceled. And by the way, like who else is getting their flight changed? Like, dude, I was coming back from Wild West Hackenfest. Like while I was in the air, my connecting flight got changed 
Like, how the hell am I supposed to know that? Like, what are you doing, airline industry? I've got problems with you. This is like one of, like, this isn't even related to the story. Like, who else is having problems with the airline industry? It's just, like, I get it if there's like a freaking Chinese balloon floating around or if there's like frozen gas because the Northeast is like being frostbitten. But like, when it's a Tuesday in July and all of a sudden, like, my flight's canceled and I'm stuck in like, I don't know, like Dallas or something. Like, no offense, Dallas, but like, what what are we doing? What are we doing? Ugh. Okay, so anyways, look, where was I? I got distracted. All right, so airline safety, the no nomads, no rads, no, nomads, whatever system. It's an old system, guys. It's like anything else. It's an antiquated legacy system that served its purpose at the time. And every time it was time to upgrade it or fix it, I guarantee you that... The business said, well, it still works. Kick the can down the road. Well, hey, we should invest in upgrading, but there's other things over here that we want to invest in. Do we need to invest in this? No, kick the can down the road. Guys, there is a legit parallel. You won't read this in any textbook. There is a legit parallel here between airline industry and any industry, any organization, any business. You'll go, you'll go to like a business and be like, Hey, like, like our Cisco infrastructure, like our Cisco networking, switching, routing infrastructure is dilapidated. It's antiquated. It is out of date. It's old. Well, okay. Do the pack, well, like no executive would ever say this, but essentially it's what they're asking. Do the packets keep flowing? Do our systems still up? Can our vendors connect to us internally? Can our staff do their job? Well, yes, they can. Well, then I don't see the problem, Jerry. We've got a, a golf outing to pay for or new Cisco infrastructure. We've got, you know, whatever. We, we, we're trying to build, we're trying to open a new facility in, in Greenville, Jerry. And that money's earmarked for the, you know, I'm being, I'm being almost facetious here, but like that money's earmarked for like a gala to kick off the ribbon cutting ceremony. So no, we're not going to do it because we don't see the value in it because the technology still works. It's like buying a new car when your car works. All right. Yes. You have duct tape holding parts of the, uh, of the, um, the coolant system together. Yeah. Your tires are kind of bald on the outside. Your door squeaks when it closes. Don't turn on the rear windshield wiper. That's not going to do anything. Don't do that. In fact, it might short out the radio, but the car still drives. You can still get to your destination. This is, this is like, like, this is real. This happens all the time. It's disgusting. It sucks. But you know what I mean? I get the business, dude. They've got a certain amount of money. The CFO's looking at line items and they're like, like make a compelling case why we have to replace technology that still works. And you're like, oh my God, you're missing the forest for the trees, pal. Biden's State of the Union addresses children's online safety and privacy again. In President Joe Biden's State of the Union address on Tuesday, the president called for bipartisan support to ban targeted advertising toward young people and protect children's privacy, health, and safety. The president also expressed his support for imposing stronger transparency requirements on tech companies that collect user data. These points are nearly identical to Biden's comments in his 2022 address, where Biden highlighted the mental health impacts of social media on kids and teens. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we just talked yesterday. This isn't exactly one-to-one, -one, but we talked yesterday about how Twitter is doing like very little to curb or address CCM material, um, um, child you know, abuse material. 
Uh, Biden's pushing this online safety act. We have COPPA, C-O-P-P-A, which is like the Children's Online Protection Act, obviously needs updating. Guys, with TikTok, my, my kids are 10 and 7, and like, you know, oh, can I get a cell phone? Can I get TikTok, Dad? Can I do all this other stuff? Um, no, you can't. Um, but, you know, a lot of people are doing it. A lot of children, for very good reasons, their brains aren't fully developed. They're very manipulatable. They're very uh, prone to suggestive state. Um, they want, like, they're exploring the world, right? So they can easily be taken advantage of. There are really, really bad people out there that, dude, think about, there's really bad people out there who can manipulate and socially engineer children very, very easily, right? It's easy to say, hey, I'll give you 25 Robux if you come into this room, right? You know, no, it's just online. Um, as I mentioned yesterday, and please drop a link in chat, Scarlet Sleuth on Twitter, um, let me let me pull her up. And if anyone knows her um, real name, so we can drop it on Jess. Her name is Jess. Uh, there she is. She was on uh, Wednesday Offensive, and she was talking. And this is going to little get a little graphic, but she's like, dude, there's a lot of like predators online, especially in Roblox. Roblox is a predator playground. Like, I don't allow my kids to do chat on Roblox, and it pisses them off. But you know what? For every like one friend that they can chat with, there's like a hundred creeps that want to chat with them, and I'm not down with that. So, um, but even things like, like there's just things that are not explicitly um, obvious to you that would have a sexual connotation, but for certain people they do, and they wrap it up as like a playful thing, and and you know I mean so like. There's that whole element for children's safety. Then there's the whole subjective state where, like, there's online cyberbullying. There's, like, inclusion. There's, dude, QAnon blowing up, right? Like, children could, you know, like, they don't know how to do fact-checking. They don't know what is true and what is not. Like, they don't understand how to help themselves. So <clears throat> in order to protect our future uh, society, like, I, I do appreciate it, and I do think that we need these kind of guardrails in place for children. Russian pleads guilty to laundering Ryuk ransomware proceeds. On Tuesday, Russian Thank you, citizen Peter. Just and Smith. former crypto exchange executive Denis Dubnikov pleaded guilty to laundering money for the notorious Ryuk ransomware group. After victims in the U.S. and worldwide paid Bitcoin ransoms to private wallets, Dubnikov and 13 co-conspirators divided the payments into smaller amounts, which they then transferred to other private wallets. In one case in July of 2019, an unnamed U.S. company paid a 250 Bitcoin Ryuk ransom, after which Dubnikov accepted 35 Bitcoin in exchange for approximately $400,000. Dubnikov could face up to 20 years in federal prison, three years of supervised release, and a fine of up to $500,000. Wow, okay. This is interesting. So, I mean, okay, so first of all, it says that this guy was a crypto exchange executive. Okay, uh, normally I would think like, oh my God, an executive getting his hands dirty. But in the crypto world, he could, he could be he could be 25 and just be like, I started my own platform. Oh yeah, crypto. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Yep. So um, I do love it that they extradited this guy. Uh, he was in, where was he when they got him? Amsterdam. Got, hitting up that red light district, my friend. Got to be careful. We have extradition treaties with Amsterdam. Can't be dabbling. Can't be dabbling and hope not to get caught. So he got arrested um, doing money laundering. So what's interesting is, what's interesting is that it's not so much, th this is so funny. Okay, so it seems like he's not being arrested for like any computer fraud and abuse act. He's not being arrested for ransom wearing a business. 
he's being arrested for money laundering, right? Which I guess at the end of the day, who gives a crap if the guy goes to jail for, you know, tax evasion versus murder? He's still in jail, and that's how that works. Uh, this guy, again, um, Ryuk was rampant there. You can see for three years, it was pretty rampant. Uh, Ryuk was tied to the Emotet trickbot Ryuk kind of trifecta that was running around. Um, those are three different pieces of malware, but Emotet was basically a very effective kick a hole uh, in the side of a building and then allow other payloads to come in. Trickbot would naturally come in uh, for information stealing, get all the good, get all the good juicy bits, and then uh, Ryuk would come in and, and encrypt all of the juicy bits. They've kind of moved away from that, honestly, since they do um, double extortion now where they just pull all the money out anyways. I mean, excuse me, pull all the data out anyways. Um, so, good. This also reminds me, I know we talked about that uh, Darknet Diaries uh, episode here, but uh, Andy Greenberg uh, wrote a book called Tracers in the Dark. I'm, I, it's on my, um, it's in my, my queue to read. I'm actually doing a fun book right now. I'm doing the Game of Thrones book, uh, Fire and Blood. Um, but this book right here, uh, Tracers in the Dark. Can I get a picture, please? Yeah, hold on. This book right here by Andy Greenberg, it's basically, um, he's really good at writing, right? He wrote Sandworm, so if you're familiar with that. And basically, this whole book is about how cryptocurrency transactions can be tracked very effectively because of the blockchain and, and uh, because of the immutable blockchain that is tied to it and how, uh, you know, basically law enforcement has the ability to track these things and threat actors are doing their best to, to hide. But at the end of the day, you can't, you cannot hide. You are not anonymous. All right. So good. This guy's getting his due. People should be held accountable. And now a word from our sponsor, us. Yes, the CISO series. One of our active listeners, David Cross, Senior Vice President and CISO of Oracle SaaS Cloud said, quote, I value cybersecurity headlines early every morning as it provides me advance notice of what I might need to explore first thing at the start of the day, end quote. Sponsors of cybersecurity headlines get access to the ears and eyes of security leaders and practitioners via our podcast, blog, and daily newsletter. Cybersecurity Headlines allows cyber pros to quickly consume daily cyber news in the format of their choice. To learn more about becoming a sponsor, email us at info at CISOseries.com. All right, I do want to say shout out and thanks to Josh Mason, uh, who was uh, the generous individual who gifted me that that um, um, Tracers in the Dark. Also, I forgot to play this sound effect, obviously. All right. All right. I do want to take a hot minute and thank all of you for being here. I can't see the number of likes on the stream, but there's 149 of you. So hopefully we're able to get over, uh, I guess, 75, which would be 50%. That would be a, a metric that would be cool for me. Um, thank you to Barricade Cyber Solutions and IT Pro for their support of the stream, of the channel. Thank thank you, Jared Pierpoint, Lego Sec, Kimberly Can Fix It, Andrew Nakamura, and the entire Simply Cyber community for showing up every day, for sharing, uh, for sharing with your network and, you know, contributing in. Like, the value of Simply Cyber is directly proportional to the network that it's connected to. And so, like, I produce value, but you guys also produce lots of value, which, in, like, amplifies the overall value of Simply Cyber. So I genuinely appreciate that. It is not... It is not going unnoticed of all the hard work you guys are doing to help Simply Cyber. So thank you. 
If you're getting educational value, if you're getting entertainment value, go ahead and hit that like button. Let us know that you're digging it. It'll help other people find it. If you're interested in the newsletters, I write it every week except last week because I was overwhelmed. Go to simplycyber.io slash newsletter and hook it up like a boss. All right. Final thing I'll say. No, that's all I'll say. Just quick little shout out. Um, I am playing Threat Gen Red versus Blue later today at 1130. It's going to be a blue team run. And we're going to be showing you how you can absolutely use Threat Gen Red Blue to skill up your own staff, which is pretty dope. And then I haven't been promoting this, and I certainly should. My guest this Thursday on Simply Cyber Live is Bryson Bort. If you guys don't know this guy, this guy is about as OG elder as it gets. He's co-founder of ICS Village at DEF CON. He owns, or he's the founder of Scythe, which is an adversary emulation platform. He is, he's constantly wearing like a unicorn hoodie. Like you'll see him all the time wearing unicorn hoodies. This guy is an absolute treasure for our community. Um, I noticed that this date is in completely incorrect and says 15th of December. Believe me, it is not. It's going to be February 9th. He was supposed to come on February, uh, December 15th and it didn't work out. Guys, I'm so busy that I make mistakes, okay? I can't. <laughs> that sucks. That's a quality, uh, that's a QAQC mistake that I missed, but I, I, don't, I just don't have time to deal with it. Uh, he is gangster. Thank you, Aaron. So come check it out. We're going to have a great talk. I hope um, you can join us. Ask your questions. He's a great dude. All right, let's keep going. Researcher breaches Toyota's supplier portal. A security researcher breached Toyota's web application that allows employees and suppliers to remotely manage the firm's global supply chain. The researcher, who uses the alias Edenworks, was able to modify the application's JavaScript to generate a JSON web token for passwordless login. Edenworks logged into the system using the tokens in conjunction with email addresses of Toyota employees, which he obtained via searches on Google and LinkedIn. From there, the researcher escalated to system admin privileges, enabling him to access classified documents, project schedules, supplier rankings, and data of 14,000 users. Eatonworks responsibly disclosed the issue on November 3rd. Toyota then fixed the issue later that month, but did not compensate the researcher for disclosing the bug. Okay, so a couple things here. One, yeah, I could use some interns, Josh. Thanks. Um, so basically, um, this guy found a client-side uh, vulnerability in the JavaScript where he basically just changed the values uh, in the JavaScript to just return true. So like when you try to log in, the JavaScript checks to see, is this true? Yes or no. And if you're not uh, got credentials, it's no. If it is, it's true. He just changed that to say, just return true. Now, what's really cool is uh, he, the security researcher did do responsible disclosure, um, found a major issue. It says backdoor, but it's not essentially a backdoor. It's an authentication bypass is what this individual discovered, which is cool. Now, what blows is that this guy didn't get paid by Toyota. Like, come on, like, dude, like, with all due respect, you're Toyota. You can afford a little, like, scratch, dude. Like, you could have given this guy five grand, right? Like, five grand wouldn't be a huge bounty for, like, what this guy did. And it wouldn't even show up on, like, that's petty cash to Toyota. And I'm not saying, like, oh, because Toyota's got money, they need to pay a big bounty. Like, dude, a big bounty is, like, $100,000, this guy, like Toyota's been having supply chain problems for a while, right? They're downstream uh, 
Uh, partners got hit with ransomware. Toyota got hit uh, last or two years ago with ransomware. Like, like throw a bone, Toyota. Stop being so like penny wise, pound foolish, yeah, fool. All right, so Eaton works. Good, good on you. Let's check out this guy's blog. Well written. Nice. Look at screenshots, callouts. I love it. I love it. Let's give this guy some love. So yay to security researcher. Boo to Toyota. Ex-Coinbase manager pleads guilty in first crypto-related insider trading case. Why is it always crypto and law enforcement? Coinbase product manager Ishan Wahi pleaded guilty to two counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud in what U.S. prosecutors say is the first insider trading case involving cryptocurrency. Prosecutors say Wahi shared confidential information about forthcoming Coinbase products with his brother Nikhil and their friend Samir Romani. Both used the information to make trading decisions ahead of Coinbase's product announcements. Ashan Wahi was sentenced to between 36 and 47 months in prison, while his brother received a prison sentence of 10 months. Romani is still at large. All right, a couple things here. One, obviously. That's the sound of the police. And? I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. All right, so this is an older story, but this is basically an update. Um... Hold on one sec. I just want to see how, like, uh, I this guy, um, conspiracy to commit fraud. I just want to see if there's, like, if they have to pay back money, okay? That's what I want to know because I've talked about it on the channel before. It's like, dude, like, okay, you get, like, 37 months, but then you have, like, $80 million when you get out. Like, mm, the dollar symbol is not in this story. Um, so basically, here's the, here's the story. Coinbase is an online cryptocurrency trading platform. Lots of people know it. Coinbase, Coinbase is like big claim to fame is, yeah, you can do Bitcoin and all this other crap. But like at the heyday of Bitcoin, like when a new crap coin came out, like, oh, like we're going to start trading Shiba Inu or SHIB tokens. Oh, we're going to start trading Josh Mason coin, right? Whatever. Simply cyber tokens, what, whatever. Like as soon as it went on the platform, you'd have a community of like hundreds of thousands of people who had access to buy it. And you got all these speculators and stuff like that. So people would buy it up. Well, it's not like, it's not like Coinbase was like, comes in on Monday morning. They're like, oh, let's do SHIB and like hit a button. And all of a sudden SHIB is like marketable on the platform. No, there would be like months of like, okay, let's get the platform integrated with this token. Let's get marketing material. Hush, 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 non-disclosure agreements, everything. Well, this guy is like, well, crap, dude. If I, if I know that funky monk coins are going to be coming online Coinbase on Tuesday, I'm going to tell me and my, my buddies, let's buy a bunch of funky monk coins on Monday. We know it's going to go up in value. This is why insider trading is illegal. Because you have a market advantage over the market, over the free market, that the, the value of the asset's going to go up, guaranteed, right? So you invest $1,000 on Monday, the thing skyrockets, you sell it on Wednesday, and you make a tidy, you know, whatever, 1,000% profit. It's illegal. It's wicked illegal. You see it all the time with um, stocks, right? Like, well, go watch the movie Wall Street. Like, that movie is all about insider trading, right? Blue Horseshoe loves Indigot Steel. That's insider trading. Right. That's a that's a pretty deep cut reference I just made. So a lot of people may not get that. But um, the point is, you can't do it. This guy's going to jail. I hope he has to pay back all the money he he had. Uh, and I hope he can't work in uh, financial services. Uh, honestly, that might be a harsh cr criticism, but 
I mean, he basically robbed people. Orgs lack security architecture to support multi-cloud strategy. A new report from Valtix found that 28% of IT leaders strongly believe multi-cloud is a bad idea, citing difficulty to consistently secure such environments, lack of tooling, and lack of multi-cloud reference architectures. Responding organizations also cited several unintentional factors that have accelerated their multi-cloud journey, including shadow IT, software vendors, and mergers and acquisitions. While just 57% of IT leaders are sure that multi-cloud security is achievable, 95% admit they'll still need to embrace it as a strategic priority this year. All right, so this is this is a pretty complicated one, okay? So <clears throat> 90 Okay, so first of all, obviously Valtex sells multi-cloud security solutions. So this is, you know, um take this with a grain of salt, right? This is a vendor-backed research that surprise, surprise, has a finding that directly supports the product that the vendor is selling. Second of all, uh, multi-cloud support is a strategic priority for businesses, but only 58% have security architecture. Okay, I'd say less than 58% have security architecture. That's quite that's quite high considering it's very easy to jump into to cloud. Uh, when they say multi-cloud, I have to imagine that they're thinking <clears throat> um, like being in uh, Azure and AWS, not using multiple cloud solutions, right? Because everybody does that, right? You have your email on Office 365, but you have your um, you know, authentications uh, or your identity and access management through Okta, and you're using DocuSign for document signatures, right? That, that's all different cloud applications. Um, some of the key findings that they have, cloud service providers failed to define portability standards. Guys, you wanna hear um, like my shocked face? Go back and like, I, I, there's no way you could hit control F and go through, scrub through all the audio of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. But this right here, this is on purpose. Where is it? I wanna really like, I really wanna highlight this and really flip out for a second. Cloud service providers failed to define portability standards. No kidding. It's called vendor lock-in. They are not financially incentivized in any capacity to allow you to be portable. Do you really think Microsoft is like, hey, let's come up with an easy button for you to transfer your entire instance to Amazon? Are you joking me? No. Quite the opposite. They make it wicked painful, super full of friction. You're probably going to lose stuff. It's going to be expensive. But hey, you know what? If you stay on Office 365, we'll give you 10% off your next purchase and a free scoop of ice cream at Joel Belton's Ice Cream Shop. What do you say? Boom, roasted. Of course. So, of course, this this is like the most obvious finding. And it's a problem, but no one... The problem is no one really complains about this because when you're getting onboarded to a vendor, it's all rainbows and cupcakes and unicorns everywhere. Everybody's like throwing cupcakes around and, and like, oh my God, this is so best, like kumbaya. And in reality, it's only when you're like, oh man, this service sucks. I got to move off. And then they're like, yeah, we'd love to help you, but that's not what we do. Good luck to you, brah, right? You see this with like MDR services too that don't deliver. They make it really painful. All right, multi-cloud's a budgetary drain. Yeah, no kidding. You're paying for two things that you really only need one. However, I would say that the opposite is if you know Azure goes down for four hours and you're only on Azure, that's going to happen. Cloud security architect, me, Josh Mason, Kip Boyle, Neil Bridges, all, all of us, uh, Jack Scott, we've all been talking like, dude, if you want to shortcut and have a, like a, a fast on-ramp in an InfoSec, 
like focus on cloud. There's a ton of opportunity in cloud. Cloud's a relatively new technology. Old gray beards like me, you know, I didn't come up on cloud. So there's an opportunity to, um, you know, really deliver on a focused skill set there. And there's going to be a need because we're all getting into cloud. So giddy up on that. Cloud security posture management viewed as a commodity. Security, really? Ugh. I don't know about that. I'm just going to skip that one. That's kind of a boneheaded comment. 67% of IT leaders view this um, being critical to their success. Yeah, when I think critical to my success, I don't think commodity. I think of like, oh, we can use product A, product B, product C. It doesn't matter, right? I don't know, dude. There's a lot of insecurity up in the cloud. Germany hires new cybersecurity chief in wake of Russian scandal. Germany's Interior Ministry has announced the appointment of its new cybersecurity chief, Claudia Plattner, formerly the Director General for Information Systems at the European Central Bank. Plattner joins Germany's Federal Office for Information Security in the wake of a scandal that led to the suspension of former President Arne Schoenbaum over his alleged ties to Russian intelligence services. Plattner, who earned multiple master's degrees in mathematics, will take on the new role on July 1st. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I know Patrick Butler's being um, being fun here. Cloud is just another term for someone else's computer. I, it, it is true, but at the same time, it is important to point out that like the cloud architecture is fundamentally different than on-prem IT infrastructure. Like IT uh, on-prem infrastructure is more like infrastructure as a service, but a lot of cloud services are actually platform as a service or software as a service, which doesn't allow you the capability to configure at a lower level the security controls or even have visibility into that security. So you've got to be mindful on how to actually uh, securely configure those platform as a services. You can't get underneath to the operating system. So uh, it is slightly different from a cybersecurity perspective, but yes, it is like someone else's computer. You, you don't get to outsource all the responsibility of security uh, to that. Okay, so now this story, Germany hires new cybersecurity chief. Yeah, no kidding. Germany just got hit by Killnet for sending tanks to um, Ukraine. Germany um, had a, a security czar or security chief that was had ties to Russia that was discovered and not a good situation. So that probably happened six months ago. Like, here's a quick parallel for everybody, and then I got to get going. Anytime a high-ranking executive gets released from a company, it usually takes like six months to replace them. Um, you'll put in, in like a chief information security officer, right? Like they leave. Oh, we got to do a nationwide search, like you know, six months, right? So, and then they'll put an interim person in maybe. You should always expect six months for an executive to be replaced, right? So if when the CISO tells you that they're leaving the company, know in your head, all right, this is gonna be a void here for six months. So you might not be able to get some of your own initiatives pushed forward if you're a larger organization. You may miss budget cycles, all that crap. Uh, it kind of sucks. So Germany's got a new chief in place. Hopefully they can do good things for them. All right, let's do this. Do, 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 do. Here, let me, uh, we'll do, I love Los Angeles. Okay, so really quick, that's going to do it for today's stream. I want to remind everybody today at 1130, we're going to be dropping bombs on uh, knowledge bombs here uh, on ThreatGen's Red versus Blue stream. So come join us there. It'll be fun. Uh, obviously, on December 15th, a.k.a. February 9th, um, I'll be do, uh, welcoming Bryson Board on the channel. I hope you guys can join us. It's going to be all about good times. Guys, I'm Jerry. This has been Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I got a boogie, but thank you all very much for your time. Go out, do good things. I'll see you at 1130 or I'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Have a great day. All the best people. See ya.